Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God judged the Philistines because the ark of God was in their presence, remember? So every place the ark of God landed, there was sickness and there was disease and problems. Remember Dagon, the false god, couldn't stand up in the presence of the ark and the people couldn't sit down. Remember, because the Philistines were breaking out in tumors in their hinder parts. Right. So there's a real problem and there's an increase in toilet paper sales. Finally, they buy a clue. The ark becomes the proverbial hot potato, going from Gath to Ashton to Gaza to Ascalon, and then finally the Ekronites said, let's send it any place but here. The Philistines put the ark on a new cart, and they sent it back to Israel. Now that's how it got to kirjath Jerem, or in the house of Abinadad. The problem was the ark of the covenant was never to be carried. This is the problem. Numbers chapters four, chapter 4, verse 15. And when Aaron and his sons had finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set to go, the sons of Kohath, that's the priestly tribe, shall come to carry them. But they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. These are the things in the tabernacle of meeting which the sons of Kohath are to carry. The ark was never to be touched by human hands. Exodus 25 tells us the ark was only to be carried by the Levites, and they were to carry it by the poles that were inserted through the golden rings. So the ark was never, again, to be touched by human hands. Well, look at verse 5. The ark is on a new card, and the sons of Abinadad, their names are Uzzah, which means strong, and Ahio, which means brotherly. They drove the new cart, and they headed up to Jerusalem. Now, get the scene. There's 30,000 men, and all the priests, and all the musicians, and the music is playing, and guitars, and the tambourines, and obviously people are excited to get the ark home among the people, but again, it's the right thing, the wrong way. The motive is good, but the method is wrong. Look at verse 6. It's a pretty serious situation. The ark of God is on a cart. All of a sudden, the oxen stumbles, and the cart shook, and Uzzah tried to steady the ark. Y'all getting that? And the people who were probably, the people are there, they're probably going, ooh, 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 watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. And the music probably came to a screeching halt, and the people got quiet. Think about 30,000 people got quiet all at once. Verse 7, the anger of the Lord was against Uzzah. In the Hebrew, the anger of the Lord reads, the heat of his nostrils. 
the heat of his nostrils, anger was against Uzzah, and God killed him, and the whole rejoicing scene changes. David became angry because of the Lord's judgment on Uzzah, and he named the place Perez Uzzah. Verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark come to me? How will the presence of the Lord come to me? Then this is probably embarrassing for David. Keep in mind, all of his best men are there. The Levites are there. The musicians are there. David is trying to do something that hadn't been done in years, and that's to bring the ark of God back home. But even though you're trying to do a great thing, listen, you got to do the great thing according to God's word. We can do a great thing and desire to do a great thing, but we have to do that great thing according to God's word and God's plan and God's purpose. You, you can't be doing a great thing for God and, and be disobedient. Say amen. And many times we, we want to do our thing. We, we, we want God to get with our program. And so we throw him on a cart and we seek to bring him along. Even though it's not his will, even though it's not his way, even though it's not his word, it's not obedient. God will never allow anybody, listen to me close, God will never allow anybody to drag him along on their program. Are you getting that from this? They'll never let anybody drag him along on their program against his words, seeking his blessing. It doesn't work like that. So David is angry with the Lord, and he shouldn't be, and the Lord is angry that David is moving the ark the wrong way. Now, you might ask the question, why wasn't the Lord angry with the Philistines? Because when the Philistines, back in 1 Samuel, sent the ark away, they put the ark on a cart, and they watched which way the cows went. And if the cows went toward Israel, then the cart was to go back, to, the, the ark was to go back to Israel. So, but the point is, the Philistines put the ark of God on a cart as well, and God didn't judge the Philistines. So then the question is, why didn't God judge the Philistines for putting the ark on a cart, and he judges Israel for putting the ark on a cart? Well, the difference is, the Philistines didn't know better. The Philistines didn't know. The Philistines didn't have his word. You do. You know to whom much is given, what saints? If you have the word and you know the word and they had the word and they knew nobody was supposed to touch the ark, but yet they took things into their own hands and did things their own way, well, then God judged that. David knew better. David, in verse 10, stopped the whole procession and he left the ark in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Obed-Edom, listen, write this in your margin, was of the family of Koah. The family of Koah, First Chronicles 26, is a Levitical family. It's a priestly family. The Kohatites were a family of Levi. Remember, they were the only ones that God allowed to carry and take care of the ark. And the ark stayed there for 90 days or for three months. Now, imagine Obed-Edom. He's sitting in his living room, watching a game or something. 30,000 men knock on the front door. They say, hey, we're putting the ark in your living room. Imagine that. Imagine having an ark. You, imagine having the ark of God in your living room. What would you be watching on TV? 
<laughs> you probably wouldn't be watching reality television, would you? Loving hip-hop. I don't think you would. <laughs> Say amen. Y'all like, amen, amen, amen. Okay, what it is, you wouldn't be watching it. Well, think about it. The ark of God kind of is in your house. Because if you're a Christian, then the spirit of God lives within you. He no longer dwells in the temple. Now he dwells in you. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the, 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 the ark of God is in the house of Obed-Edom. And the Bible tells us in verse 11 that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole household. When David in verse 12 saw the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his family, David brought the ark of God from Obed-Edom to Jerusalem. Now, First Chronicles 15, uh, I think it's verses 1 through 2. Yes, First Chronicles 15, 1 through 2. David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. And then David said, no one may carry the ark of God but the Levites. See, he's learning his lesson, isn't he? For the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him. Well, if you fast forward in the same chapter to verse 12 or verse 11, pardon me. And David called for Zadok and Abathar the priest and for the Levites and for all those guys. And he said to them, you are the heads of the fathers, the house of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place that I have prepared for it. So in verse 13, look at your Bibles in verse 13. It was when they had noticed, verse 13 tells us, it was so when those bearing the ark of the Lord. So David has learned his lesson. And now they're moving with the ark of the Lord. But notice how they're moving. When those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Notice that. When they walked six paces or about 30 feet, they stopped and offered sacrifices. Think about that. That was a long, bloody road by the time they got to Jerusalem. But they're doing the right thing the right way. And this time, they can celebrate. So David does. Look at verse 14. David danced before the Lord, wearing an ephod. David was glad to know that the presence of God was among his people. He was glad to see that when you obey God, then you're blessed. Somebody say Amen. First Chronicles 15, 13, David explained to everybody why God got angry in the first place, because they didn't handle or not handle the ark correctly the first time. Now, we can learn a few things here. First of all, David didn't hold back anything from his expression of worship to God. He didn't dance out of obligation he danced out of heartfelt worship. He was glad to bring the ark of God into Jerusalem according to the word of God. Also, we can learn that there's nothing wrong with emotion to God, but the problem comes in when there's emotionalism. Did you hear me? There's nothing wrong with emotion. The problem is emotionalism. Or when emotion is the center of our Christian experience. Many times, Christians swing from one end of the pendulum to the other. 
we're either emotional, emotionalism, and we're swinging from the ceilings and jumping over the chairs and dancing in the spirit, or we are repressing emotion. God doesn't have a problem with emotion. I think Christians, we, we have to swing. I don't know why we, we can't find balance. We need balance. Say amen. God doesn't have a problem with emotion. There's nothing wrong with you lifting your hands to the Lord. The Bible says, lift your hands unto the Lord. There's nothing wrong with clapping. There's nothing wrong with singing loudly unto the Lord, not unless you sing off key. <laughs> then you should not sing loudly unto the Lord. There's something wrong with that. Something very ungodly about that. <laughs> but other than that, there's nothing wrong with singing loudly unto the Lord. There's nothing wrong with worshiping God. There's nothing wrong with being... Um, uh, you know, extroverted and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gregarious about worshiping God. There's nothing wrong with these things, but but I think we as Christians think that if you know if 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 we get too you know extroverted or too gregarious, then, then we start getting into emotionalism, and and there's something wrong with that. Therefore, we don't want anything to do with it, so we don't worship God at all. And when the songs are being played, well, you just sing the words and you just stand there emotionless. That's not of God either. Listen, emotionless is not of God either. And emotionalism is not of God either. God wants us to be balanced. God wants us to heartfelt worship of him. And you know, at least I know, when there's heartfelt worship versus someone's worshiping so that others can see them and think they're spiritual. I've seen it all. Seen it all. And there's a big difference, and you can, you can see it, you can feel it. For someone who really is crying out to the Lord, someone who really is seeking God, somebody, and David was really, really worshiping God because David loved God, and, and it didn't matter what other people thought of him, and that's why when he, when he took off his, his robe, many scholars say that he, he wore priestly garments. David wore priestly garments, and, and many scholars believe this, and, and you know, th that, that doesn't strike me as odd at all, that he would wear a priestly, remember he was a king, he wear whatever he wants. So it doesn't strike me at all because David seems to have the heart of a pastor. David seems to have the heart of a shepherd. He was a shepherd. David seemed to, you know, I, I, get, I picture David out on the hills with the sheep just running around and he's just singing and playing on his guitar and just worshiping the Lord. David strikes me as more of a pastor than he does a king. So he takes off his priestly garments and he strips down to his ephod, linen ephod, and he begins to worship the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's emotion, not emotionalism. And it still amazes me. I've mentioned this to you before. It still amazes me that even Christians, you know, when our, when our team scores or, or, or somebody, you know, somebody scores a, a touchdown, or, you know, or gets a, gets a three-pointer. What do they call that? Outside shot? Is that what they call that? Three-pointer outside shot? Or what they call a three-pointer? <laughs> three-pointer is called three-pointer. I knew that. I was just making sure you were listening. 
And uh, I'm, I got grandsons. I got to learn all this stuff now. And um, there's a three-pointer, though, right? Yeah. It's an outside shot, too, though, isn't it? Sweetie, let the, let the man take care of this. So you get, so you, so you get, your, you get your team, you get your team, your team makes a, makes a basket, or your team, you know, you know, um, makes a field, makes a field goal. Make, amen. Scores. That's what I've been trying to say. I'm just trying to see if y'all are listening. Scores. Yeah, and then people act a pure D fool. Don't they, they act a fool? I mean, you see people got cheese on their head. They go to the game with cheese on their heads. It's like, dude, did somebody tell you you had cheese on your head? You have a, a block of cheese on your head. And for somehow that makes you a fan. You are a fan. You are a die-hard fan because you got a cheese on your head. If you come to church and lift your hands to the Lord too high or sing too loud or have any type of emotion, all of a sudden you're like a charismatic nut. Or you're, you're, no, that's too much. That's just too much. You don't need to worship the Lord like that. How is it that it's okay for us to go nuts in the world over a, a, a football game, but when we talk about worshiping the God who loves us, the God of all creation, then we want to shrink back and we don't want to be too much. Don't be too much. I mean, you know, just don't, don't, don't be too much, you know. Your team scores. Scores, right? And you get out there dancing and stuff. I wonder, uh, dabbing. Or dabble. That, dabbing, dabbing. Dabbing and carrying on. And the NFL recently, what, had to put like, a, um, like some perimeters or some on, on not on not just dabbing, but on on dancing. Period. When when they when they score, because it was getting the celebration dance. And what well, they they put some parameters on people. They were going they were, the celebration dance was getting crazy. It was getting crazy, and it was getting a little bit nuts and and unsportsmanlike. I think is what it, unsportsmanlike. You dabbing and dancing and chest bumping and. <laughs> I know what I mean, but you know it's unsportsmanlike. <laughs> it's unsportsmanlike. It really is, and and it got to be too crazy, and 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 so. But yet, when we come to church, we we should be free to worship God. We should be free to love the Lord. We should be free to lift our hands to the Lord. And, and, and it really shouldn't take the worship leader to say, let's, let's, let's focus on the Lord. So many times when we come in church, and this is the tactic of the enemy, trust me. Sometimes when you come into church, the enemy has your mind so distracted on so many things that happen outside that door that you cannot get into the presence of the Lord. You can't because you, you're thinking about what, just, what happened, whether it was in a parking lot or whether it was at home or whether it was the day at work. When you come through those doors, you need to leave all that right out there and don't steal God's time. <laughs> learn to worship God. And if you're not a worshiper of God, then learn to worship God. That's, that's why I, I honestly, I, I enjoy saying, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's, you, you have to. You have to teach people. And as a pastor, you know, it's not just my job to teach you the word of God and teach you, you know, what the word of God says. You know, they walk six paces and then do sacrifice the oxen and the fatted sheep. 
Well, that's one aspect of what I'm supposed to do, but I also need to teach you to worship God. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing as well. And David worshiped God with a pure heart. And, 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 and the Bible has so much, so much to say. I just, you know, I was just a, a cursory look, just a cursory look concerning worshiping the Lord and getting excited for the things of the Lord. Listen, Exodus 15, 2, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Deuteronomy 10, 21, he is your praise. He is your God. Did you hear that? He is your praise. He is your God. That has done for you these great and terrible things which your eyes have seen. Second Samuel twenty two fifty. I will give thanks to the Lord among the heathen, and I will sing praises to your name. Psalm thirty five twenty eight. My tongue shall speak of your righteousness and praise all the day long. Psalm thirty five eighteen. I will give you thanks in the congregation. I will praise you. Among much people, Psalm 92, 5, it is good to give thanks unto thee, O my God, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalm 138, 1, I will praise you with my whole heart before the gods. I will sing praise to you over and over and over and over again. That's just a cursory look on verses that tell us that we ought to praise God. So let's start right now. Put your pen down and clap your hands for the Lord. Will you do that? Amen. And David, the Bible says David praised the Lord and he danced before the Lord with all his might. Did you note that? Oh, look at verse 14. All his might, wearing the linen ephod, with all of his might means every fiber of his being. I think of Jesus who said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. Everything, not just a portion. First Chronicles 15, 27 talks about David worshiping the Lord and taking off his garments and worshiping God with his whole heart with his whole being and singing to the Lord and worshiping the Lord in intimate fellowship with the Lord. A very Jewish thing, by the way. It's a very Jewish thing. Uh, even the last trip we took on to Israel, we, uh, were you with us that trip? Last one or the one before that? The one before that. Uh, we, it was the last one though. We were on our way up to Temple Mount and uh, to, uh, and they have the checkpoint where they check your bags and stuff like that for weapons and that kind of thing before you actually get up on the Temple Mount. And um, these Jewish men were dancing around. I mean, like, you know, dance like in a circle and dancing around, like kicking their feet. And so our tour guide said, Pastor Ronnie, go and get in there. And everybody on the 
tour with me on the bus. They were like, yeah, go ahead, Pastor, go ahead. And, you know, if somebody dare me do something, I'm going to do it. And so <laughs> they were like, go ahead, go ahead, go and get in, get in there. So I got in there, and we actually got some a video, like, footage of that. Or somebody took, like, a camera video or a phone video or something like that of us dancing around. Jewish people worship the Lord with all of their being. They don't, they don't worship the Lord uh, in, any, in any way, in, in a reserved kind of way. They don't. They worship anywhere, everywhere. They just rejoice in the Lord. And I really, really love that. Jewish people, they have fun when they worship. And worship is a fun thing as well. Because we're worshiping our God. And that, that's, that's fun and joy to me. But I'm a Christian. I, I love doing it. And we should all uh, love to worship the Lord. Well, at this point, everything is going great. And when everything is going great, you might want to look out. Because Satan is just around the corner to be a bummer. Am I right about it? And uh, in verse 16, I'll tell you about it the next time. All right? Give you a little cliffhanger. You have to... Uh, you have to read ahead on your own. How about that? And uh, we'll come back to it the next time. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.